Welcome to Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a casket of characters, including our guest today, an erotica enthusiast, Jeremy Bryant, a proud stepfather, addicted to movies and TV, who also finds time to podcast, who is here to talk not only about the familiar bracket bastards and his new show paranormal the new normal but also his tgif crush dj tanner from one of our favorite friday night mainstays of the 90s full house jeremy how are you i'm doing good today how are you doing i'm doing good it's friday so perfect day to do talk about tgif yeah actually it is i didn't even think of that (laughs) not until this very second did that dawn on me so it was kismet Now, when it comes to full house and crushes, it's definitely Uncle Jesse that usually gets all the attention. Rarely do we hear about people clinging to the likes of Danny, Uncle Joey, Stephanie, sometimes Aunt Becky, and rarely DJ. Do you think you were alone growing up in this crush? Oh, God, no. Is there like a hive, a DJ Tanner hive out there? Well, put it this way. I've read plenty of full house literatica. <laughs> Even some stranger ones where Comet got involved, which I'm not going to get into that, but. <laughs> Whoa. For those that don't know, Comet was their dog. <laughs> the, the internet is a dark place. It is. Was it on Tumblr? No, it was on. I don't even know. I think I. I don't know. I, I've been on so many Litteraca sites in my time, it's hard to keep track, but Litteraca.com is the main one, so it might be on there. I talked to a sex educator, but and his crush was um, Tom Hiddleston, Loki, and he went on and on about Tumblr being like key for all that and the fan art and everything. So. Oh yeah, I, I know. I know that Tom Hiddleston has a huge fan base of crushes. It's many girls and guys. So TJF was stacked full of crushes uh, for everyone, especially young people who fancied a nice girl next door, like the likes of Topanga from Boy Meets World and even Sabrina, our favorite teenage witch. For you, though, what made DJ Tanner stand out amongst the TGIF crowd? Well, you got to remember is that I, when TGIF first started, like I didn't watch Full House until it was on reruns at Nick at Night because... I was way too young to watch stuff like that when it was out on primetime TV. But basically, DJ Tanner, especially, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a pet or anything, because it's the later years that I really have a crush on her when she's a teenager. And I was younger than she was at that point still, so it's not weird. (laughs) At least in my mind. So. I mean, it's when the crush starts, you know? Yeah. I mean, she was just always gorgeous. I mean, when she got into those teenage years in the last few seasons and she would wear like the short skirts and everything. Mm, mm, mm. Good God. <laughs> I mean, e- even Stephanie, when she got to the older years too, was gorgeous. I mean, and her rebel phase, smoking cigarettes and everything. Oh, don't Everybody... get my husband started on Stephanie Tanner nowadays. God, when he saw her on Fuller oh. House, he will not shut up about her. <laughs> He's like, oh, how much is yeah. Stephanie in this episode? I'll watch this one. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, I, I've seen all of Fuller House, and I hear they might be coming back with more seasons without Bob Saget, but... Ooh, we'll talk but, about uh, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, even as, even as adults, they're both still knockouts. Like, Stephanie now is mm, every guy's dream. I mean, I used to watch her when she hosted Pants Off, Dance Off at, at like, 2 in the morning. Oh, is that on Fuse? 
Yes, it was. It was. I was trying to think of the. I was trying to think of the channel, and I couldn't think of it. I, I wanted to say IFC for some reason, but Fuse. Yeah, it was on Fuse. <laughs> and did like you were watching Full House and reruns, and I'm sure Boy Meets World was there. Other TGIF shows at that time. Did you have any other crushes that were TGI, TGIF adjacent? Well, I actually had to go. I went through a list of TGIF shows this morning just to make sure I didn't mix up shows that really weren't in it because <laughs> a lot of shows from that time kind of blend together and I don't know what channels they were all on but I mean you said you said one already Sabrina the Teenage Witch I mean Melissa Joan Hart I had a crush on her since Clarissa Explains It All and when she moved to Sabrina the Teenage Witch she just got hotter and hotter as the years went by and I mean she's still so beautiful like I love I love Melissa Joan Hart so much like I love Clarissa, Sabrina, I watched Melissa and Joey, and I even watched her Netflix show that didn't last too long, Goodnight Nick. I just love her. Yeah, actually, Melissa and Joey and Goodnight Nick are on my to-watch list, but that list is very, very long. (laughs) uh, Well, no Good Nick, very quick watch, because it didn't last long, but Melissa and Joey is actually legitimately funny, and they bring people from Sabrina on, and I feel like every Lawrence brother popped in at one point, too, so it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it was ABC Family, so they bring in guests from everywhere. That's a good good show, good show. Um, so you didn't watch Full House when it originally aired. So who, what were some of the shows you were watching when you were younger? I mean, I stuck to Nickelodeon for a long, long, long time. I would watch, one of the first shows I really started watching that was above my age was The Nanny. Because Fran Drescher was just gorgeous. So what made you like like Full House because it is a very cheesy show but I think no matter it's kind of like the Brady Bunch to me like I obviously I wasn't old enough to watch Brady Bunch in the 70s I found it in syndication but there's something charming about like a cheesy family show was that something you liked? I mean yeah I I loved I used to live off Nick at Night once Nickelodeon ended and I mean Brady Bunch 2 was another one I always watched and yeah it was always a little corny just like all those shows from back then but i mean same as happy days or any of those jeffersons or any of those shows i mean they were all funny and they were all just corny though because you could tell what once you got old enough you could tell what the joke was going to be like once they did something but i mean but then again there were standouts like three's company and all in the family that were better than the rest like they just were shows that made you literally knee slapping laughing out loud on the couch dying like they were so funny <laughs> and so like I'm a middle child so those are the characters I gravitate towards I love Malcolm I love Darlene Connor for you as DJ kind of being the oldest the reason you liked her the most uh, not really I mean I am the oldest out of two so I mean that doesn't to me that doesn't I mean yeah I kind of got where she came from with that with like her little sister being annoying I get that but I understood that my whole life but I mean it's just I don't know. I just always was. It was always an attraction thing. I don't know, like, 100 why. I mean, I am a breast guy, so that could be why she got older. But, but now I think Stephanie got her beat in that one. I was gonna say that's why my husband loved Fuller House. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me. When that first, I planned on watching Fuller House from the moment I heard about it coming out, but just because it was nostalgia memories. But I mean, but as soon as I saw Stephanie in the first scene she was in, I was like. Oh my God! And thanks, <laughs> and, and thank God she got rid of the accent right away. Because <laughs> yeah. that was horrible. 
And we can't talk about DJ without talking about her weirder half, which is Kimmy Gibbler. Did your heart ever notice Kimmy at all? Because I gotta say, Fuller House, Kimmy was my girl. I loved her fashion. I loved the character. She was wild. I I mean, back in the old days in the original Full House, like she was always just kind of stupid and annoying to me. Yeah. Like, like that's what she was supposed to be. That's what they made her to be. She was the the Urkel of Full House, but she they just at, yeah, Fuller House. She definitely got way better looking. Andrea Barber. Mm. I mean, all three of those together in in a bedroom with me is my fantasy. But you'd have a full house. Exactly. <laughs> So I talked to this musician recently named William Henson, and his crush was actually Topanga from Boy Meets World. And he said that he kind of, of course, he thought she was beautiful, but he also crushed on her relationship with Corey. Did you like DJ's relationship with Steve at all? I mean, a little bit. I mean, I was a fat kid, so I related to him always wanting to eat. But <laughs> but I mean, he, he was always kind of... I always kind of thought he was just like a dumbass and like I was like why are you with him he is I mean yeah he's decent he's decent looking but he's not that I mean he's just not that good looking <laughs> like I don't know just and it, it never really like ah the, I'm trying to think there's, there's another guy she dated on the show that made way more sense for her but he was like a bad boy so like yeah mm-hmm. I can see why they didn't keep that going but but Steve was her true love Except for the guy that died that in Fuller House, whoever that guy was. <laughs> the guy, oh, oh, oh. dad. Spoiler, if you haven't watched Fuller House. If they haven't watched it by now, they deserve spoilers. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. But what I liked about 90s shows that involved children is that we did get to, like, grow up with them because the shows lasted a lot of seasons and they had like 20 some episodes nowadays we watch a show like stranger things and those kids look they take so long with production you had a pandemic they now look 40 and they're like supposed to be 10th graders well yeah um what's her name 11 her real name um millie bobby brown yeah like i actually just read an article a couple months ago about how she just turned 18 and like she is disgusted by all these groups online that are like waiting for her to turn 18 so the day she does they can like start drawing over her publicly. Yeah, it was the same same thing happened speaking of Full House to the Olsen twins. There was like a literal website with a countdown clock. And that's even stranger stranger things because they I mean we met them as babies. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of sick puppies in this world, but I mean the Olsen twins though, I mean <laughs> I feel those guys got it bad later on anyway, because now they look like crackheads. Yeah, they look um yeah, they're just like little woodland goblins. But I, I really wish they I love, came I love through. that description. I love that description. <laughs> I wish but, they I mean, came through for Fuller House. Oh, well, you never know. If they bring it back, they just maybe could talk them in. I mean, I mean, they were talking at one point about bringing Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch in <laughs> to, take their, to take their place. That would like, be amazing. Which, I mean, talk about another hottie. Like, that should be perfect in Fuller House. That, then you'd have, you'd have a freaking four of a kind of hot chicks in that show <laughs> so uh with full house it's probably one of the biggest champions of the very special episodes that uh, you know that music comes on danny's gonna sit the girls down and they get a lesson uh what were some topics that you wish they would have tackled if full house could have been could have pushed the envelope a little more i mean they could have pushed more into like 
the girl like they could have pushed more in than just the girls like going on dates or like smoking cigarettes like they could push more into uh, like DJ tries to smoke pot maybe or or DJ thinks about losing her virginity for the first time which I don't think they ever did that episode I remember she did go over to Steve's apartment and like Danny like kind of tries to like, look through the window but that's as like close as it got yeah I mean they just because it was 90s and because it was in the middle of a satanic panic like they just didn't push the envelope like they do on shows nowadays. Like the whole movie, um, cock blocker, whatever it's called, cock cock blockers. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like blockers, I think it's called. But like if they like that whole scenario, they should have done in the Full House episode with like them finding out that like they did on Fresh Prince, kind of. They did on Fresh Prince with Ashley and uh, Will and Carlton over her talking about on uh, the intercom. Like, they could have done that at Full House. It was around the same time they came out. I mean, maybe they did it on that show because it was a African-American show, mainly. And uh, maybe they thought that was more acceptable on that for some reason. But, they, I mean, white They kids, were NBC and ABC's Disney, so. Bro, Disney ruins everything. Well, things didn't get that racy on Full House. Didn't really get that racy on Fuller House, which you mentioned. And you were, like, all in. Did it meet your expectations? Especially yes. With DJ. Yeah, I mean, it did just because. I mean, well, I've always had a thing for pregnant women too. So <laughs> when Kimmy got pregnant and then Stephanie got pregnant, like that was my, that was my cashing in my full house, literally on the <laughs> card table, getting all the money. And are you someone who likes to keep tabs on like the actors that you have crushes on too? Like, do you follow Candace Cameron Burr on like Instagram and whatnot? I might follow her on Twitter. I don't really know because I follow so many celebrities on Twitter. It's just after a while you get lost. Actually, I think I do. I do follow her on Facebook. I know I do because I see her. Po- I mean, the only thing I that made me stop like really paying attention to her is she got at when Full House ended and she became an adult is because she got super religious. Yeah. And and that just turned me off. <laughs> like I'm agnostic and I there's I believe there's possibilities of religion out there, but I just don't like to assume religion is out there. And her turning religious was like such a turnoff. I feel like she dialed it back a little. It's her brother that went off the deep end in that respect, and I feel like she dialed it back. I think she did now, especially once she got back on Fuller House and all those but, Lifetime movies. Yeah, like once she started acting again, I think she kind of like dialed it back because she didn't want to go like full Tom Cruise Scientology or anything. Do you think that, you already mentioned they've been talking about Fuller House coming back, but do you think they're going to wait a bit, just maybe a little down the road so we can call it Fullest House, and it would be about DJ's sons moving into the iconic San Francisco home? I believe they are going to call it Fullest House already, but I think it's, from what I read, it's, I think her kids, her boys are still boys, but... But I think it's, oh, what the heck happens? They said, like, what it would possibly be. I read this article, like, six months ago, I think. And I I, I forget what the hell it is. Mean, I'm pretty sure they said it would be called Fullest House. But I think they'd want to do it sooner than later, though, though, so they can get the Bob Saget sympathy moments that will get ratings because, and will get viewers. Because, I mean, if they play on that and they play, like, like flashbacks of, like, old parts of him and, like, them all sad because they're thinking about them. They did it on some show when someone died. I can't think um, of who it was. It's Simple Rules with when uh, um, John Ritter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did with, with when John Ritter died. Yeah, they did it on that for a couple episodes, but then they they kind of stopped. 
we've reached the part of the interview where it's time to envision your life with DJ Tanner. Uh, say you were her Steve, and after some time apart, you got to reunite with her. How do you think you're, you would fit into the Fuller House realm? Well, we definitely wouldn't be walking. We definitely wouldn't be singing "Let's Get Married" down the street, but <laughs> that's for damn sure. Because I, that, those scenes, I just watched them like, what the hell are they thinking? But so, besides the fact that uh, Dave Couillet and John and uh, Bob Saget come waltzing down the middle of it all, that part's hilarious. But <laughs> I mean, but um, uh, I mean, I always with all those shows, I always, I mean, that's the perfect life. That's a, a nice suburban house four or five bedrooms with the white picket fence it's like what every kid in the 90s was supposed to dream of having i mean who didn't dream of living in the full house house i didn't because it's city i don't i'm not a city person i hate well, cities i will say this was before i'd ever stepped foot in san francisco and anyone who knows me i will st- stand on my soapbox that is one of the worst cities in the world i hate it sorry really? to those who live there yeah my best friend moved there and she like loved it and i was like it's too many hills it, there's human feces everywhere on the ground it's so dirty i can't i can't oh well, because of the homeless issue i think this is just like dirt it's just i don't like things that are dirty like i moved from california to virginia and every day i'm like it's so clean it's so clean here the sidewalks are so clean and it's not just like because of homeless people it's just like pollution and there's so many people like can't keep it city clean like there's never trash on the ground here i mean i've never been to california at all because i live on the east coast so it's just it's never been an option for me to go out there yet i i've always wanted to go to san diego mainly because of the zoo but (laughs) it's a great zoo because i am a zoo person and i always love nice zoos i mean i grew up an hour and a half away from the bronx zoo so i did get a good one near me at least oh a couple good ones actually but so, so, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I, a life with DJ Tanner, I end up having like three, four kids, whatever, maybe five. I mean, I'm sure she keep me busy making them, so. <laughs> well, wonderful life. Maybe get her to sell that home in San Francisco because I'm sure it's worth millions now and move moves out of the city. Yeah, let's we move to a suburb outside of San Francisco, so we're living in the burbs. I'm down with that. <laughs> still further, further, because it's still very expensive. Further. <laughs> Well, if you're married to DJ Tanner, she'd have money. Yeah, she's a she's a vet. True, and and vets make decent money. Mm-hmm. And she, yes. Yeah, so. I should know. I've been taking my puppy to a vet, so yeah, they make they make good money. Yeah, I know, right? So now it's time to talk more about what you have going on. We just chatted with Freddie, your fellow bracket bastard, and so I know how the whole show got started. But how did you become a part of it? Well, I was in Freddie's group bracketology because it just. I was I was already in like another group called Entertainment Bowls and it got recommended to me by the little bar like when you're in the group that says other groups you may enjoy mm-hmm. and uh, so I joined Bracketology and eventually Freddie posted a posted something saying he was looking for people to be on a podcast with them doing the same thing we did in the group just on a podcast and I always wanted to be a podcaster because of my heroes Kevin Smith Mark Maron so I wrote him back right away and I'm like yeah I would love to be on one I have no problem hearing my voice so he ended up he talked to me we talked and for a little while he kind of interviewed me over messenger about it and then a couple months went by and I thought like all right maybe he just didn't do it and then or I'd message him I, I would message him every couple weeks and just be like are you still doing that he's like yeah I'm trying to find more people and then event like in no, end of October no beginning of November 
he messaged me. He said, he said, hey, I found this other guy, Harvey. He has a podcast of his own already, so he'd be good for it. He's like, let's do a trial run and see how it goes. We're not going to record it. We'll just do a trial bracket and see how three of us do. And we did an unrecorded bracket of television and movie vehicles, which was a really fun bracket to do. And basically, we thought it went well. We had great chemistry. We all started joking off each other. I even call Harvey the Mark Bernard and the Mike Kevin Smith. But And from there, just basically grew. Freddie got a guy he worked with to come on, and eventually his that guy's wife ended up being part of it too. And then another... And then another person from Iowa, Freddie New, ended up being a rotating person kind of coming in that when she's needed. And now we got our last permanent member who is another Iowan. It's a very Iowa-populated podcast, but but basically... But yeah, he came in and he can do all these impressions that make it... like. And it's funny because his name is Chancey and him and myself just started a music podcast and the first episode dropped today. What's that called? It's called Maniacal Music Musings. Gotta love the alliteration. <laughs> I know. I, I, when I write, as a freelance writer, I love alliteration. I think I'm like, now it sounds poetic. Yeah, I know. Originally, it was going to be called Maniacal Music Reviews. But I'm like, you know, that doesn't sound good to me. And I'm like, sitting there thinking on it. I'm like, musings. I'm like, <laughs> yep, that works. And we, we actually just recorded, we recorded the first episode a couple days ago. And I just edited it all last night. And it came out this morning. And it will we'll be dropping new episodes every week on Fridays. Do you review albums? Review? Yes. What do you, what we do you re- muse about? We mute. We each week we challenge each other to listen to an album the other person recommends, and then we have to get, we have to review the album and give our top five songs off it. Like on the first episode we just did that came out today, Chancy made me listen to an album of a band I never heard of even called American Head Charge. And I think the, the album was called The War of Art and I challenged him to listen to Esham's Booming Words from Hell a rap, a, a, rap, a, a rap a horror the first ever horrorcore rap album to come out in 1988 so it was and it was it was a good episode I mean he he's more of a rock guy I'm a rap rock metal whatever guy I mean I'll, I'll touch anything but country but so it just we're a good pair and Eventually, we're going to start having guests on every week as well. So, I may be hitting you up to come on as a guest at some point. Ooh, I will take a country album. <laughs> well, here's the thing: once the get, once we start putting guests on, there's going to be a third album thrown in the mix that the guest brings to the table. Well, get so they for some Garth Brooks and boy bands. <laughs> I can do boy bands just fine, and I can Garth Brooks. I can respect. <laughs> God, I got to see him live once when he did Jimmy Kimmel Live, and it just was life-changing. Like, that guy performs Friends in Low Places. Like, it is the first time every time. Like, he was having the time of his life. I was like, oh, my God, it was amazing. (laughs) He's, like, one of my vocal crushes. I I was going to say, talking about Dilfs. Vocally, yes, but physically, never. (laughs) Really? Nah, he's fine, but it's just like he's just some guy. Vocally, oh. though, him and like Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty. Oh yeah, my God. yeah, I, I can still picture Rob Thomas in that video with Santana back in the ninety eight <laughs> or ninety nine. Best year ever. So Freddie gave us some of his favorite brackets thus far, but what about you? And you mentioned you you watched Obi Wan, so you're not a hater like him. He mentioned Star Wars was no go. 
Yes, I. <laughs> I call a lot of the people on this on on Racket Bastards the tasteless bastards because they hate on Star Wars, which I can't. I can't fathom hating on Star Wars. I just can't. It's one of the greatest entertainment inventions ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, George Lucas is a god, but I mean, uh, I just—they uh, drive me nuts with that crap. And I, <laughs> my, I don't know. We'll see how it goes when we have a space movies bracket coming up in July. So we'll see how that goes. I, <laughs> I'm tr- my brother, my my own brother might be on that as a guest. So, and he's definitely a Star Wars fan like I am. <laughs> but um, some of the favorite ones we've done. I mean. Well, we just did my birthday bracket. Um, it came out last Thursday, the twenty-sixth, on my birthday. So we did my top. We did my top thirty-four of TVs, film, and music. It was yeah. I mean, it was my top thirty. Well, no, it wasn't thirty-four. It was broken up between different categories, but it was eight movies, eight TV shows, and then the rest of it was all music, rock. There was a rock section. There was a rap section, but. That was definitely one of my favorites because I got to make everybody listen to my music, and that was always fun. And we've also done a, uh, we did a Will Smith bracket. <laughs> really, really, I'm sure Freddie mentioned that yeah. too. But <laughs> we did a Will Smith bracket in honor of Harvey, who hates Will Smith. So, and I got the, I'm the one who got to pick the next topic because I won our trivia game. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, Harvey left early that day. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Freddie, I'll message you after we get off and I'll let you know. And then as soon as he got off, I'm like, we're doing a Will Smith bracket for Harvey. We're not going to tell anybody until like, we start doing it. <laughs> and that's exactly Harvey what we did. Harvey just gets thrown under the bus every time. <laughs> oh, we all get thrown under the bus plenty. It's all fair. It's all fun and games until we're all under the bus. But Would there be like one actor where you're like, they would plot against you? Not really, because I don't find myself really hating any specific actor it's if i hate anything it's just movies i mean it has to be i would hate the movie i wouldn't hate the actor because i never found an actor that i can't stand in everything they do like it just doesn't exist in my world interesting interesting and on top of being a bracket bastard you also just kicked off another show on top of the musical music musings paranormal the new normal are you someone that grew up enthralled with like uh unsolved mysteries the x-files things like that well funny enough i did when i was a kid i used to watch simpsons and whatever was on after it futurama whatever it was before that but and then when x-files would come on at nine o'clock on fox on sunday nights just the music in the beginning the I'd, I'd be running in my room like a scared little bitch. Same. I was terrified of that. I don't think I've, I've seen like one episode, I think, when they brought it back. And I saw one episode like as a kid, and it was about like people that are creatures that could like, I think, blend into trees or something. And we had like a clothesline out back within the trees. And I was like, my mom's like, go get the, the laundry. I was like, hell. I was like, no, no. I was so scared. <laughs> I yeah. Like, I mean, but I got over the fear of it eventually. And I watched it on. I watched all the original series on Netflix back in like 2012, 2013, and then I watched the reboot when they well, not, not the reboot, the return of it on Fox when it came on a few years, like five, six years ago now. And I, I am a huge X Files fan now because I also got into the paranormal within that time. So I mean, X Files became huge to me. But I also, I mean, I was that kid in elementary school in like fourth and fifth grade who worked in the library during his lunch period 
just because he was a goody two-shoes who liked books. So I would actually work in the library during lunch, like putting away return books and stuff like that, or just doing whatever the librarian need help with. And there was one book I always got out that was just cryptids. It was Bigfoot, it was Loch Ness, and even at the even at the end, there was a little section of what if dinosaurs still exist in the deepest jungles? And that 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 book I rented I rented that from the library so many times and just reread it and reread it. And I was always interested in the paranormal since then, since that age. And I would watch Monsters and Mysteries in America on Destination America channel, like when it was on 10, 15 years ago now. And I mean, I'd watch any show I could find on it, but it just I didn't find out about like unsolved mysteries or any of that until I was way older. My parents were very strict about what I could watch on TV. I mean, I had to sneak and watch South Park in my room with Nick and Knight on the last button. So if, they were, if I heard anyone come down the hallway, I could quickly change it. But My mom would record South Park for me because I couldn't stay up that late because I'd be tired. So I would watch it in the morning before school. My mom loved South Park just as much as we did. She had all the Cartman dolls at the time. I had all the Kyle ones. Wait a minute. So then who, who was your, who was your uh, crush on... South Park then. I love Kyle. Kyle's my favorite character. Kyle <laughs> Tattoo. I just think he's the voice of reason. He goes against Cartman. I, I just like what he stands for. But like side character, Autumn, Mr. Hinky's wife, the drunk piece of poop. That's my oh, she's amazing. <laughs> oh my god. That is such a pull from a random character that was in like one or I had the, we went to New York for one of the last times I got to go and they had that one of those Christmas stores. I got a Mrs. Hanky Christmas ornament. <laughs> I love her so. Yeah, I mean, but I wouldn't say Kyle is the voice of reason. Stan's usually the voice of reason. Kyle, Kyle was the stereotypical Jew in the whole show. Always. He always just goes against Cartman, and I like that. He's like not afraid to stand up to Cartman in his BS. Oh my God! Did you, tell me you saw the uh, COVID special where they're all, where they're grown ups. Yeah, and he was hot there. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure you thought that about him as well. But I mean, it's just the the fact that like Cartman all of a sudden is nice to him and has his kids yeah, call him Jewish. Uncle Kyle, and like he turns Jewish, becomes a rabbi. Spoil, spoilers for those who haven't watched it, but <laughs> it just it's so funny because the whole time Kyle's like, "What are you up to, Cartman? What are you up to?" I mean, I would be suspect too, Cartman. When Cartman's doing his wife in the bedroom, he brings up like Moses and everything so loud the cow can hear it. Like I was fucking dying laughing. Like it was so freaking hilarious. <laughs> they knocked it out of the park with those ones. Oh, oh, they they did. And the fact that they're not ending it anywhere in the near future or far future probably because it's just such an American classic at this point that they never will end it because they can always will be current events to go off of. Exactly, exactly. And they always have things that of the paranormal. I mean, they kicked off with aliens. You have the Scuzzlebutt, which our dog, my family dog, was named after. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> Scuzzlebutt. So, yeah, that was her. She was 16 years old when she passed. But what are some of your favorite aspects of the paranormal? I always believed in conspiracies and government cover-ups like since I was a kid. So that's one of my that's that's one of the aspects I always loved about it. I aliens always interested me because I mean I can't believe that anybody could exist in this world and expect that we're the only planet that has life on it. I mean it just it seems impossible. 
there has to be at least I mean it's the same that's the same reason I don't believe in religion really because there can't be just one god there has to be another one because there's never one of anything in this universe so it just doesn't I mean that right there is why it doesn't make sense to me why people can't believe in this type of stuff I mean Bigfoot alone there's so much proof so much proof and even if quarter to half of it fake that's still a lot of proof you'd get along with my nephew he is also into cryptids bigfoot being his favorite there's a bigfoot convention near us and unfortunately i don't think he's going to be able to make it out from california for it i was like expecting him to but he won't fly on a plane i won't put him on a plane by himself for the first time (laughs) alone so maybe next year oh i'm sure he'd be in heaven i i've yet to go to a convention i've yet to go to a convention because i never hear about them I was Where just looking up things in the area when we moved here, and that was one of them. And I was like, okay, something for him. <laughs> so I know Bracket Bastards has a lot coming up this summer. Ready to tune us in. But what can you tell us about Paranormal, the new normal, in the coming weeks that we can look out for? And the other one. With Paranormal, the new normal, we have... I just dropped an episode last week of... Which has been... It, it's slowly become my most listened to episode yet. It, they're, my, my pilot episode with a girl, Shauna, who's been on Bracket Bastards with us as a guest multiple times. She's my highest listened to episode. I don't know if it's just because of her friend base or whatnot, but because I market all my episodes in the same place every time. And she, her episode is above 30 listens at this point, and no other episode has gotten close to that high yet. But my last episode is slowly climbing up towards it because. It's about a guy who who was in the military and he's been a paranormal investigator basically since he was a kid. And he has seen the devil three times, he believes. Whether you believe in religion or not, I still believe that there's creatures of the other creatures of the underworld and creatures of a heavenly world, if you for lack of a better term. But so I believe in all that, even though I don't believe in religion. There's because there's gotta be something below and above. So, I mean, his stories are just so and he's a good he also is a good storyteller as well like he's very good with his voice and he can make his story sound amazing but i truly believe at least parts of his stories because i mean i play the skeptic in every episode because someone has to someone has to it's just the way of the world and it also makes it more interesting if someone's playing skeptic because then you get both viewpoints and you can decide for yourself what you believe his last story the only thing I could say at the end of it, really, literally, was "Holy shit!" Literally, the only thing I could say at the end of his last story, because it's just like it was almost like straight out of a horror movie. But I know it's not because it's it's too specific to be out of a horror movie, and it's just creepy. Which I mean, I don't even think that last story was a devil story. I mean, it, it might have been, but it was definitely a demonic story. And can you tell people where they can find this demonic story, Bracket Bastard, and your musical podcast? <laughs> you can find you can find Bracket Bastard, Paranormal, The New Normal, and Maniacal Music Musings all on Spotify. And the first two are on Amazon, they're on Stitcher, they're on Apple, uh, iTunes. They're on basically on anywhere where you can find any podcatcher you use, you can find them on it usually. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your TGIF crush. And everyone, you can find all of his information below. And until next time, keep crushing it.